الله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما أرسلناك إلا رحمة للعالمين صدق الله العلي العظيم my dear respected and most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, to send salutations upon His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future, inshaAllah. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the center of our existence. What do I mean when I say when the Prophet ﷺ is the center of our existence? That every manner of our character or our being should be based upon the way that he ﷺ lived his life. So we want to know how to become better human beings. <coughs> we need to know and learn from the one whose character was perfected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet ﷺ was asked, or the Prophet ﷺ in fact himself stated, That I have been sent to perfect good character, not to show you what good character is, to perfect it for you. So the Prophet ﷺ was sent as a manifestation of what perfect character looks like. So we can see its perfection and learn from it, be inspired by it. This is who the Prophet ﷺ is. You know, when the Prophet, before the Prophet ﷺ passed away, and he said that I have left behind for you two things. If you grasp, hold, on to these two things, you'll never be led astray. And the Prophet ﷺ said, the Qur'an and his sunnah. The Qur'an and his sunnah. Both of them are synonymous with one another. One is incomplete without the other. In order for you to understand the Qur'an, in order for you to appreciate the Qur'an, you need the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Why? Because if you ask Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, like the companions or the tabi'een would ask Sayyidina Aisha after the passing of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how were the akhlaq of the Prophet What was he like? And what did she say? Radiallahu ta'ala anha. She stated, Kana Quran. His akhlaq, his morals, his character was like the Quran. He was a walking, talking version of the Quran. So this is why it's important for us not only for us to understand the Qur'an, but for us to understand the life of the Prophet and how important the life of the Prophet is for us. He wasn't just merely the Messenger of Allah. He wasn't just merely the last of the Prophets. There was a reason why he was sent as the last. 
There was a reason why we all need to be inspired by him. No. You see, when we look at the life of the Prophet والسلام, I've mentioned this on many different occasions. There are so many different things that we can be inspired by. In fact, I can unequivocally state that every aspect of the life of the Prophet وسلم, we can be inspired by. Everything. There's not one thing in the life of the Prophet وسلم, that we cannot be inspired by. The reason why I talk about him today is we have an event coming up this Sunday titled Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the quintessence of wisdom. And inshallah there I'm going to talk about what the quintessence of wisdom actually means. Why the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what his hikmah entailed for us. Today I want to take it back and talk about something that I've already discussed before, but in different light. Talking about the merciful nature of the Prophet Talking about how the Prophet was not only merciful to us, to the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why the Prophet was sent as a mercy to teach us to be merciful unto one another. In fact, in a hadith reported by Sayyidina, Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala an, he reports from the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, who said, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta akun, la yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibba li nafsi. Ukma qalun nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. None of you can truly believe, have true iman, until you love for your brother, until he loves for his brother what he loves for himself. That's what mercy is. Al-Muslimu, Muslim, that a Muslim is the mirror image of another Muslim individual. So it's important for us to show mercy unto one another. Now, there's something special about why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, That we've not sent you except as a mercy for all of mankind. There's a reason for that. We just, we needn't look further than the time of the Prophet ﷺ in order to understand the context of that time in which this verse of the Qur'an was revealed. Mercy was a word that did not exist. Rahma was a word that did not exist. In terms of its application, it never existed. That was a time in which people were angry. The days of Jahiliyyah. Jahl, ignorance, is born out of darkness. Darkness is when, when there is no light. Light stems from the mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When people are devoid of mercy, when people do not understand mercy, when people do not appreciate the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the light dies out, that's when the darkness takes over. That was a time in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa was sent 
at a time of darkness. The Quran says, and certainly you were in grave manifest error. You were in a dark time, the Prophet was sent to. He was sent to a time when people used to fight with one another for the smallest of reasons. I want you to pay attention to this. He was sent to a time when people would argue with one another and lead to fights. And it would lead to attacking one another physically, verbally, over the smallest of reasons. The Prophet ﷺ was sent to a time when people would not forgive one another, they would hold grudges, they would die still holding those grudges. Their children who were born after those grudges were born would continue those grudges and they would continue for generations until people did not even understand what the grudge was about. This was a time that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to. The Prophet ﷺ was sent to a time where people did not call themselves or call their children by merciful names. They didn't call their children Abdul Rahim, the servant of the merciful, Abdul Rahman, the servant of the most kind. They did not call themselves with merciful names. Do you know how they named their children? Harb. They named their children after names of war. Dark names. Dark times. In fact, the Prophet Wasallam's coming was such a mercy that those individuals that were named after these, the idols and named after uh, war, the Prophet ﷺ changed their names to names like Abdurrahman and Abdurrahim. This is what the, the mercy of the Prophet ﷺ brought. The smallest of reasons they would fight, the smallest of reasons they would argue. Find a grudge, hold a grudge, until generations later they had no idea what they were fighting for in the first place, what they were fighting against one another in the first place. By Allah, if you look at the, the context of that time, the time of Jahiliyyah, and you look at us now, amazingly, there doesn't seem to be that much of a disparity. There doesn't seem to be that much of a difference to the time that we live in and the time that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to. We too have lost our passion for our religion. We too have left the way of the Anbiya, of the Prophets. We too have forgotten what it means to be merciful to one another. We too have forgotten that the Prophet ﷺ was sent to perfect the character of mercy for us, to show us what mercy is. 
in order for us to understand. You know, in order for us to be merciful to one another, we need to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most merciful. He's Arhamur Rahimin. Only when we understand that Allah is merciful are we going to humble ourselves before Him, pray to Him, ask Him, beg Him for forgiveness. When we do that, when we humble ourselves, it automatically should make us into forgiving individuals. It should automatically make us into merciful individuals. When we ask why the Prophet ﷺ and his companions were so merciful to one another, they were so compassionate towards one another, it's simple. Because they humbled themselves before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They sought forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, the Prophet himself, himself states, the one for whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ghufira laka ma taqaddama min dhambika wa ma ta'akhar. The Prophet did not sin, did not transgress the limitations and the boundaries set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet he himself stated that I seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a hundred times a day. The Prophet humbled himself before Allah, sought forgiveness, which made him into a merciful individual into a forgiving person. The companions, you know, I'll, I'll give you the example of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab, prior to accepting Islam, was this hated individual. People didn't like Umar. He wanted to hurt the Prophet sallallahu and the religion of Islam. He was strong, he was fearless. But the people did not like him. They feared him, but they did not like him. After accepting the message of Islam, one of the first things that he states is regarding the Prophet wasallam that by Allah, this was one of the most hated of faces to me, the face of the Prophet wasallam And now this is one of the most beloved of faces to me. It brings about a change in him. Islam brings about a change in him, a positive change. To such an extent that Umar went from that man who was the most hated feared but the most hated to the most loved and people were in awe of him that fear had changed to awe they were in awe of him he had that ru'ab this is the Arabic word ru'ab which can be loosely translated into majesty the Prophet wasallam said I've been blessed with six things that no other Prophet before me and no other nation has been blessed with or has been given. And one of those things was the Prophet ﷺ said, Nusirtu bir ru'ub. I've been helped with ru'ub. And the muhaddithin state that this ru'ub means when the Prophet ﷺ, they give an example. When the Prophet ﷺ was in Medina, the kuffar in Mecca were still in awe of him. They feared him. And they used to plot against him. Sayyidina Umar had the same kind of ru'ub. This was blessed to the companions of the Prophet also. That Umar, who was hated, who wanted to kill the Prophet and the religion of Islam, the Umar that people feared, did not want to go anywhere near, became the Umar, whom in the time of his Khilafah, I'll give you one example. During the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab ta'ala an, once he was walking in the marketplace, something which he seldom did, 
He was walking in the marketplace. He's Amirul Mu'mineen Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala. And we've already spoken about last week when we spoke about Jerusalem and conquering Jerusalem, which Sayyidina Umar did during his time. And the, the Christian leader, Sophronius of Jerusalem, before surrendering, he said, if, oh, I will only surrender if you're Amir al-Mu'mineen, this, this man, this Umar that we've heard of, comes from Medina to Jerusalem, only then will I surrender directly to him. As soon as Umar received his letter, he, him and his servant saddled their possessions upon a donkey and they left. When they arrived in Jerusalem, people did not know who was the Amirul Mu'mineen and who was the servant. And that's how inspired, he was so inspired by the character of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab that he surrendered to him. And not only did he surrender, he took him on a tour. Let me take you, O Umar, on a tour of Jerusalem. This was the Umar that we're talking about. During the time of his Khilafah, a man came into the, the marketplace where Sayyidina Umar was and he grabbed hold of his turban. He pulled it off his head and he ran off. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab chased after the man. Chased after him. And the people stayed that Umar was shouting to the man. Shouting to him saying, I swear by Allah that I have gifted it to you. Now just shout back at me that you accept so that on the day of Allah, on the day of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not punish you. This Umar, who people feared, who people hated, became that merciful individual in his life that a man, a thief, steals his turban, runs off with it. Umar chases him. People think he's chasing him to get back his turban. But Umar chasing him saying, I swear by Allah that I have gifted it to you. Now just say that you accept so that on the day of, of judgment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't punish you for theft. This is how merciful he became by accepting the religion of Islam. That he did not even want others who committed crimes, who done something wrong to him to be punished. He wanted everybody to be saved. He wanted everybody to feel the effects of the mercy of the, the, the mercy of the Prophet sallallahu This is just one example. If you look in the life of the Prophet sallallahu you'll find so many. The Prophet sallallahu was stoned in, in Ta'if. Imagine, just put yourself in that position. Put yourself in the position of Umar in that marketplace. You're walking in town. That was the turban of Umar. The turban signifies a man's honor and a man's respect. I don't think there's anything comparable today. But let's say you're walking into the marketplace, somebody grabs your phones and steals it, runs off. How would you react? Would you react the same way as Umar ibn Khattab? Or would you shout and swear and scream at that man while he's running away? with your belongings and curse him for the rest of your life for stealing your phone. That's what we would do. Let's be honest with ourselves. 
In exactly the same way, if we look at the life of the Prophet wasallam, and we see that, uh, that time wherein the Prophet wasallam was stoned in Ta'if, and he had the opportunity to take his revenge on them, right? What did the angel say? O Messenger of Allah, give us permission. There's two mountains of either side of Ta'if. We'll bring down such destruction upon this town that not a single individual will live to tell the tale. And what did the Prophet say? Go ahead, do that. How dare they, how dare they disrespect me? How dare they stone me? How dare they, dare they harm the Messenger of Allah? Go ahead, punish them. No. Ana Nabiyur Rahma, the Prophet would say that I am the Prophet of mercy. And the Prophet never exacted his revenge on them. In exactly the same way, those in Mecca who continuously tortured the Prophet the Prophet showed them nothing but mercy. There was an example that I wanted to give to you. One of the, uh, in the section of, uh, of Rahmah and Mercy of Qadi Ayyad al-Shifa, Kitab al-Shifa, it's mentioned that غزا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم غزوة وذكر هنين that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم went on a غزوة and then it's mentioned that غزوة was an expedition and it's mentioned that this expedition was the expedition of Hunayn and he came across a companion of the Prophet صلى الله uh, he came across a well who became a, later became a companion but a man from among the Quraysh his name was Safan ibn Umayyah and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa'ata Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Safan ibn Umayyata mi'atan min al-na'am. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave him a hundred camels. Thumma mi'atan, then he gave him a hundred more. Thumma mi'atan, then he gave him a hundred more. So now he's given him one hundred camels. Safan ibn Umayyah himself states, and his own testimony is, Wallahi laqad a'atani ma'atani. By Allah, He gave me whatever He gave me. And at the time, He was the most hated of people to me. يؤتيني, and yet, He kept on giving me and giving me more. Until He became the most beloved of people to me. The Prophet understood that this is a man who, was in, who he needed some convincing. The Prophet ﷺ kept on giving him, he gave him a hundred camels, then he gave him a hundred more, then he gave him a hundred more. Until eventually he understood what the Prophet ﷺ was trying to tell him. This individual, Safwan ibn Umayyah, fought against the Prophet ﷺ in every single battle. This individual was staunch, was stern in fighting against the Prophet ﷺ, yet the Prophet ﷺ forgave him. <coughs> When you look at the, there were certain companions. Suhail ibn Amr is one of them. Suhail ibn Amr was a companion who fought against the Prophet ﷺ in every single battle. In fact, this is, a, this is an individual who would abuse the Prophet ﷺ. He was a poet and he would stand up in the marketplaces, abuse the Prophet. And because there was, people were, the Quraysh at the time, hated the Prophet ﷺ, they would pay him money to abuse the Prophet ﷺ in Mecca. This is who Suhail ibn Amr was. 
During the Battle of Badr, Suhail ibn Amr was captured. Suhail ibn Amr is captured. And Sayyidina Umar says to the Prophet sallallahu Ya Rasulullah, let me kill him. The Prophet sallallahu said no. He said, oh Messenger of Allah, if you don't give me permission to kill him, give me permission to take out his teeth so he's never able to abuse you ever again. This was out of his love for the Prophet sallallahu How dare an individual abuse the Messenger of Allah. And the Prophet sallallahu says no. Doesn't give him permission to do so. Suhail ibn Amr, like the others, paid the ransom, left and went back to the Quraysh. Now Suhail ibn Amr came back for Uhud, he came back for Khandak, he came back for every single battle and fought against the Muslims, up until the conquest of Makkah. It was during the conquest of Makkah when the Prophet came back, not as a conquering general, the Prophet وسلم, again signifying his mercy. The, the Mu'arrikheen, the historians report that the Prophet وسلم, entered sitting on his camel, dressed in simple clothes, with a small child. It's reported which child it was. There's dispute among the historians, sitting on the back, with his head bowed down so low upon the camel that the people thought that the Prophet ﷺ was giving sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while he was sitting on the camel. Others report that his head was bowed down so low in humility and in humbleness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that his beard was touching the neck of the camel. But this is not from me, this is from Allah. This is from the fadl of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He, attend, he enters Makkah. Now these, they, they're at his mercy. These are the same individuals who mercilessly killed the Prophet ﷺ's companions, who pursued him while the Prophet ﷺ was in Mecca. They never let the Prophet ﷺ rest. Yet, when the Prophet ﷺ enters, and he asks them, what do you think I'm going to do with you today? How do you think I'm going to treat you today? And you know you've heard this story, and you've heard that a man says from among the Quraysh that you are a noble brother, the son of a noble brother, and all we expect from you is kindness. You've heard that. Do you know who that man was? That man was Suhail ibn Amr. A man who continuously fought against the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa A man who, uh, who tried to harm, hurt the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa throughout his entire life. Yet that one statement from the Prophet sallallahu Go for your all free. Instantaneously what 10 years of fighting with them could not do, the Prophet sallallahu done with two words, Go for your all free. Everybody accepts Islam. Everybody is inspired by the message because they were inspired by the messenger's akhlaq. They were inspired by his morality. They were inspired by his character. Fighting and abusing and swearing with one another is never going to solve anything. It never does. When does fighting ever solve anything? 
You know, we teach that to our children when they go to school and they have arguments and fights. It, fighting doesn't solve anything. Violence doesn't solve anything. And this was true. Ten years, the Prophet ﷺ was in Medina. Ten years, he was continuously being harassed and attacked by the, by the kuffar in Mecca. Ten years, the Prophet ﷺ had to defend himself and his community against the aggression. The Prophet ﷺ, the majority of the time, got the upper hand over them. The companions did. Yet, it did not change them. It only strengthened their resolve to finish off the Muslims once and for all. But yet when the Prophet enters Mecca at the head of 10,000, when the entire city is at his mercy, in that spirit of magnanimity and tolerance as idhabu look what kind of an effect it had on them. See, it made them understand that we fought this man for 10 years while he was in Medina. We abused him and tortured him and his companions for 13 years while they were with us in Mecca. 23 years we've denied his message. And now he's telling us, go, you're all free. He's making us his brothers. You know, the Prophet ﷺ amazingly did not say to them, go, you're all free, as long as you accept the message of Islam. Neither did he expect from them that I'm going to say to them that you're free I'm going to be merciful towards them so that they accept the message of Islam afterwards, so that they're inspired by my merciful nature and my merciful character. No, he just forgave them. He was just merciful to them, irrespective of what they went on to do. See, that's, that's the epitome of mercy. That's the quintessence of mercy right there. That he was merciful to them without expecting anything in return from them. Without expecting them to accept the message. That's between them and Allah. <coughs> That's what, you know, when the verse of the Quran was revealed, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We have not sent you except as a mercy for all the worlds. This is, this is that mercy right there. The mercy that doesn't accept, expect anything in return. Now, now look at these examples that I've given you of Sayyidina Umar, of Suhail ibn Amr, of uh, the Prophet sallallahu and his perfect life. Now think of that mercy that the Prophet sallallahu tried to teach us and his companions. Do we have it today? Are we that merciful to one another today? Are we that kind and compassionate towards one another today? The Prophet sallallahu was... Azizun Harisun alaykum, the Quran says, grievous to him is what you suffer. You suffer, the Prophet feels your pain. Harisun alaykum, he cares deeply for you. Do we have that care for each other? Are we that merciful to each other? That's the question that needs to be answered. And if not, then this is something that we need to learn. You know, you can. People say, well, it's an innate character uh, quality or it's an innate um, part of one's character. Either a person is merciful or they're not. And it's, it, it can't change. Well, we need not look further than the example of Sayyidina Umar. From a man who wasn't known to be merciful, from a man who people feared, a man who was strong, who was stern, who was strict, to becoming a man of, 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 of mercy.
You see, Islam brings about that change. And Islam brings about that change in one's character. And it's, it's, it's time that we begin to apply that character in our own lives, insha'Allah ta'ala. Uh, before we, we finish, first of all, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you the tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Qur'an, the blessed sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.